Aha, uh -huh. hello, hello, that's right, Vacation Alex still gets it in on the show. How are you guys doing talking shit on Tuesday, August 8th, 2023? Today we're going to talk about a subject matter that, you know, it, we've kind of rehashed a little bit, but today I have some data to show you. Today I have some visuals to help you understand why a trumpet over the radiator intake is silly if you have direct airflow at the mass airflow sensor. I've always talked about how we get emails of people saying, oh my God, I put it over the radiator intake, you dialed it in, the short trims are fine, but it is not performing any better or let's just say reasonably better than a fender well intake that gets indirect airflow from the fender. And they're confused as to why. So, I was talking to Nick James this morning. Nick James wanted to, you know, support the show because you, you know, he's just a bro like that. Hey, look, all the sponsors that I got, they're super great. <clears throat> but Nick James said, I want to get, do a giveaway. And then he showed me a part that he's working on. And I think you guys will love it. Also, we're going to talk about Texas passing a law saying that your car is going to get taken away forever if you're doing sideshows or street racing. Is this totally going to kill street racing in Texas? No. Short answer, no. In Florida, we have that law. The Can I Be Frank channel nonstop shows racing happening in Mexico, Florida. And it's not been an issue. But, hey, if you get caught, that's a completely different thing. But before we do all of that, let's have Mr. Bill O'Reilly say hello to the people. We'll do it live. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, well, loud. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. There we go. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. That's right, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. You know it sucks. We all know it sucks. Everybody knows it sucks. Two Auto Solution, Rami Zaydan. Two Auto Solution. Holy shit, that's loud. My goodness. <laughs> Two Auto Solution for... <laughs> Race motive, race motive. They're, they're having a race going on somewhere. Racing with really, really pretty cars. Race motive. DNA Hat Performance, DNAPformance.com, the online parts house for this channel. You want to get any part, anywhere, anything, you just get go to DNAHatPerformance.com and get your shit there. Parts Farm, PartsFarm.com. Again, helping out the kid with the GT500. Gonna get me a center console, a shifter boot. Gonna get it going. Kong Performance. I am doing some testing this week. Video on the ZR1 dropping eh, Friday. Ultimate Header, ultimateheader.com. Nick James and PMAS, we're going to be talking about him today. And Calumer Transmission, calumertransmission.com, Calumer Transmission on Instagram. We're going to go ahead and get everyone a mention. But before we do that, as always, let's talk. Actually, let's um, mention the people. And then we'll talk about what I think is the biggest issue with over the radiator intakes. Oh my God, how come Caddy Fury doesn't show up? Oh, did I not do the freaking chat, Alex? Bro, you were just all day doing clips and dumb shit, and you didn't get the, the, the chat up? My goodness. Here we go. We got Coyote Fury, Gallo Bravo 2000 MCR, Douche Did It, Adam, Joe Swish, Michael Areno, It's Oman, The Wolf, <clears throat> Lu Lucien Luke. Fuck me, that name. Uh, Jason, Dustin Garrison, Jacob Braden. Braden? Jacob Braden Burry. 94 GT Oliver Bryan, Lucian again, Andy Ali, EPA in the house, Maki Mock, Slow 99, TJ Sikorsky, Slow 99 again, Angel Puerto Rico, JD Swag, one of the mods, Maki Mock again, 2000 MCR, Dark Dragon Films, it says, Sub from Oklahoma, Nat Jew, <clears throat> Dixon, <laughs> Dixon, Adam Griffin, Leon Phelps, <laughs> Alva Galarga, Potential Equity Scammer, Equality Scammer, 
um, HDFU grad Samuel Day, Savant Martiner, Running Max, Mikey Five O, Chris Romero, Coyote Austin, 4.6, Chris Lex Luther, John Bailey, 101 RTR, 4.6, Chris again, Tony Altigre, Ian Oz, Steven, Valley 10 Speed, what's up, Valley 10 Speed, Glassroof, Coyote, Josh Roy, jo John Bascor, 10R80, Riley, 101 RTR, Phil, Terrace, NA, NA Black Betty, Dean, High Performance in the House, what's up, brother, Boosted, Gregory Uffitz, Killshot Race says, good evening. Drop that knowledge, Alice. Chris, Heath, Estuar, Alfredo, 4.6, Chris. And all the usual suspects, Kilometers, Daniel, um, Nat Jew, M1A1, Boost, Santa Gotta Go Fast, Diego Ken, Daniel Butcher, HPDE, Sack Nicholson. <laughs> Sack Nicholson. What a great thing. Before we talk, someone sent me a story on Instagram. Guys, this is just absolutely wonderful it's about a minute and a half long it is wonderful take a listen at ford we ride with pride we're shifting gears this month and we're on a transmission honey there's a up commercial and Whoa, Alex, what happened? Oh, my Lord, Alex, just go to the reel. Oh, go to the reel. Oh, my God, Alex, you dumbass. There we go. It sucks because it's not big there. I want it to be big. Pride. We're shifting gears this month, and we're on a transmission. Honey, there's a f***ed up commercial. Another brand went woke. During the Ford month of Pride, we actively encourage drag racing. <laughs> We like that now. This is going <laughs> to affect my life specifically. Don't forget to top off your gender fluid. Fill it up. Your diesel feel good. What the f*** does that mean? Straight roads are boring. It's time to pull out that car closet of yours and get torqued during <laughs> Ford's <laughs> Our trucks have been gay this entire time. We didn't just jump on this right now. You got a Ford, you got a gay truck. Okay, anyway, it goes on forever. So go to Sarah Spence, C-E-R-S-P-E-N-C-E -E -E on Instagram, and you're going to have a good time. Uh, someone sent me that literally right before the show, and I lost it. It was so well made. It was stupid. It's dumb. It's funny. Exactly our kind of humor. <clears throat> so Nick James hit me up, and he says, hey. We're going to want to do a giveaway. I said, sure. What do you want? What are you thinking? He goes, well, we can either do a cold air intake or a voucher that gives you up to $350 in credit for any part at PMAS, meaning bell mouths, filters, um, elbows, um, housings, or just a PMAS fender well intake should cover it. So Today's giveaway is going to be that, a $350 voucher, which is either good for a cold air intake kit or parts that equal up to $350. So in the meantime, while he showed me that, and by the way, that's going to be the giveaway from PMAS. Thank you very much, PMAS. <clears throat> he said, hey, Alex, I think I have a solution for this dumb over-the-radiator craze. I go, what is it? And he sends me, because the guy is a data-driven dude, a patent. He already patented the product. He basically said, <clears throat> I already patented it, so people can't get sideways. So check this out. We're gonna talk about a little, a little, I don't want to say too much data-driven stuff, but this is his patent that he filled and got approved for for a basically a housing that is to be used 
in an open element style, meaning grabbing air directly from, you know, the atmosphere over the radiator, direct airflow. <clears throat> now, the theory behind this housing, this is a mass airflow housing, is the mass airflow sensor, which is pictured right here, is not going to sample air from the center of the housing. It'll actually divert air via these holes here to this outside outside housing. And what that does is it pressurizes this in an even smooth way because you and I both know when you're going 100 miles an hour down the road and you get airflow directly in here, it buffets. It's not perfectly straight. It is not smooth and your mass airflow signal will be terrible. But if you have little tiny holes and you make the sampling size enter a chamber like this to have the mass airflow sensor read properly then you might have a housing that is pretty, let's just say, favorable if you want to go ahead and do over-the-radiator intake stuff. And look at all the figures here. He goes, I said, can I show this figure? He goes, yep, because they can't copy it because they get their pants sued off of them. So this is everything Nick James at PMAS put out there as a, a patent for a over-the-radiator housing with all the explanations and all the patent numbers, but basically what you want to avoid more than anything is direct airflow because of the turbulence. Now, I said to Nick, is this like old Fox Body MAF housings in terms of idea? He says, yes. An old, let's say, Vortec MAF, like a 73-millimeter MAF, <clears throat> calibrated for 30-pound injectors, basically means this whole size is calibrated for supposedly 30 pounds, uh, 30 pound injectors. So the mass airflow sensor would come in here on a Fox body housing. The mass airflow sensor would not sample air from the center. It would sample air from that little tiny tube right there. So the thought process is if you have this thing facing the atmosphere outside of the hood, pressurizing it, well, instead of the MAF sensor getting turbulent airflow from here, let's say you had the mass airflow sensor, let's say here, and get a bunch of buffeting, well, all these will equalize the airflow into a chamber, and that chamber will sample the mass air, the density of the air, and you have a MAF curve that is vetted for that, and I'm sure Nick James will give you a vetted MAF curve because he does that for all of his housing. So shout out to Nick James for not only thinking of a product, patenting the product, but explaining what the issue is with mass airflow sensors, sen the sensitivity and um, the, the lack of, let's just say, smooth airflow when something is put outside of a vehicle, like on a hood or whatever, or, or in front of the radiator. And he feels that this housing, if you want to bolt it on the end of a trompeta, I think it'll be something that'll be super favorable. So shout out to Nick James. And the reason I like Nick James and the reason I support Nick James's products is that the amount of science that goes into his airflows, airflow uh, uh, calculations and mass airflow housings is data driven. It's scientifically driven. It is not some shop that makes a cold air intake. Like there are shops out there that are talented. They have talented welders, talented people, and they have repeatable math housings, but they know nothing about airflow, especially when it comes to mass airflow sensors. They go, well, Camaro guys love it. Oh, the Camaro guys that shut off the mass airflow sensor and do speed density, and it drives like absolute butt cheeks, but at what? It is decent. Whereas a mass airflow sensor on a Ford Coyote motor 11 and up 
cannot be shut off. You cannot shut off the mass airflow sensor and run off of the speed density model. This is not an LS. The mass airflow sensor is crucial. Now, F-150, none of that matters. Speed density calibration, it doesn't matter. You can bolt on whatever you want at the end of it. But I appreciate that Nick James went out there and said, this is for the people that just want to run over the radiator intakes, and I'd rather have a housing to sell them. So he is supposedly going to start making videos, like tutorial videos about mass airflow sensors and housings and how everything works, because I think the lack of information that is out there for the Ford side of things is crazy. Like, look, Ford, unfortunately, has had like a handful of jokers that don't know shit have cornered each section of their market. There's a suspension guy that talks all this stuff, doesn't know shit about suspensions. I don't know why AFCO doesn't get into the Mustang game. I don't know why Menser doesn't get into the Coyote game. Maybe they do, but they don't market it like Viking does or other people. I really think that if Menser, uh, AFCO, because I had AFCO, I had Menser valve AFCOs in my black car. And I'm telling you, one click made a huge difference, but you got to go the right way. So a lot of people in the Ford side of things corner a certain market and because nobody refutes what they say, they go, well, this is the authority. This guy knows more than everybody. So this guy's the guy, the go-to guy. And then when someone like me, who has a little bit of experience with kind of everything and I debunk what they f feel, say, or whatever, like every single time I see an SI50 stuff the tire in the fender or in the quarter panel, I go, that suspension is set up wrong. But because one or two cars run like an 890, they go, no, it must be running right. I've seen bone stock suspension cars run eights. Hell, I've seen bone stock suspension. I'm saying stock springs, stock shocks, stock struts run well into the eights, especially turbo applications because the 60 foot kind of doesn't matter. They just back half the shit out of the car. And then they tout the fact that their suspension is Billy Badass. So I appreciate Nick James because I've been saying all this stuff all along about how how basically a fender, I'm sorry, a fender well intake is going to be your best bet overall indirect airflow. I saw a reel the other day of a coyote swap guy putting the fender, I'm sorry, putting the colder intake in a fender. And then he made a like, like little opening slits in the front of the filter. And I thought great fabrication, bad theory. You, you basically, instead of letting the colder intake suck from the bottom basically you can have a box in a fender and you have it facing down and it can suck air from the fender well area well the problem is on the side he made it open like a grill area and actually is now going to introduce turbulence into that whole situation because it is now grabbing air from the side so when i see these reels and i, I go oh god should i reach out to him and say it sucks no I let people fail and let people blame the tune for everything because with my LS tuning experience, whatever I have going on that's very minimal, I have realized that most LS guys mask issues with parts via tuning and that to them is tuning. To them, that is tuning and to me, that is hacking. If I have a very bad, let's say, injector, like the FIC 1440 that I had in the LS9 was not a good injector to have on pump gas 
and on that much boost. It just was never going to idle right. But I was going to just, you know, hack my way through it. Now, people helped. And at the end of the day, once I threw a FIC 1000 in there, problems went away. But other, other tuners would have said, you just don't know how to tune the injectors. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I go, no, why don't I just put the right parts in there? Same thing with cold airs. Greg and I got together on cold airs and his new cold air, the theory and application of smooth airflow and Ram air actually worked out. He actually got a really good Ram air ZR1 cold air intake cooking. I put it in the car three revisions later, it was done. So he has a deep understanding of mass airflow data, but I think most LS guys just hack their way around stuff. And that's why I think LS guys don't understand when someone like Lund can have a eight second car within three or four revisions. Well, what do you mean? Uh, it usually takes me 13 tunes to get this dialed in. Well, you hear, here's your injector data, here's your mass airflow data, and here's a vetted combination that has been on 15,000 other cars. Would you, would you rather, would you feel better if I sent you 40 revisions that aren't really doing anything, but you feel better because you got your money's worth? Or would you rather have the steak done right the first time? We'll see how that goes. Also, um, Texas. So Abbott, the uh, Go Governor Abbott introduced a bill that said sideshows and racing. If either of those, if you get caught doing either of those, your car is gone, like forever. And this is, I think, a sideshow problem. There was a new clip going around where someone, many, many of you sent me the clip. In Florida, Miami, where there was a sideshow happening, a challenger bumped into a Mustang. The Mustang owner got out, had an extended clip, I'm sorry, magazine, and just shot up the challenger and you, you know the, he just shot like randomly and then the last two or three he actually aimed and i think that's what's going to land him in jail the longest like it's one thing to spray the area it's another thing to really focus in and unless he was trying to get the tires who knows but that clip was wild and i think people that are layman's to racing think that sideshows are racing there is there is a there is a drifting and sideshows are in the same family drag racing street racing and sideshows have nothing to do with each other i can make the case that drifting has inspired more sideshows than drag racing has because when you drag race you don't want to make a scene. You want to be quiet. You want to do your burnout. You want to get your run in and you're done. Sideshows is intentionally there to disturb the intersection and just to do wild shit for clout, clips, click, all this stuff so that you can be popping on TikTok, Instagram, or whatever, Facebook. Like, I can't imagine anyone would ever try to organize this because... You know, street racing is going to be around forever. And people said, well, let's, let's get these kids off the street and let's make things like street racing made safe, which was an abysmal failure. Street racing made safe made street racing boring and absolute time consuming. Like you would get one run in in six hours during SMRS here. Street racing made safe. So I thought, well, this is a loser. You don't have any, you don't have any control. It's basically a test and tune night and the cars are clapped out pieces of shit. So they attempted to bring people off of the street for safety reasons 
and bring them in the track. There is no way you can make a sideshow a sanctioned good event because there is no end game. The end game is which guy can get tossed the furthest by a Mustang or a Hellcat. That's that like that is the allure. Like when you go to a sideshow, do you go which car is going to slide the best? No. Nobody says that. Nobody says, "Oh, I can't wait to see these cars slide the best." Like said nobody. You know what they do? They go out there and go, "Let's see which dumb son of a bitch get caught on fire, hit by a car, and let's see if he can be in the air caught on fire." By the way, <clears throat> if that ever happens, send me that clip. If an, on a sideshow, someone pours gasoline down, sets it on fire, guy's on fire, then a car hits him while he's on fire, I need that clip. Because that's going to happen. And that's what you expect when you go to these sideshows. You don't go to the sideshow to see racing. That makes me laugh. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what do you think about Nick James patenting a product so that over the radiator intakes, if you want them, you can grab his housing and make, make tuning a lot smoother, even though you're literally only maybe five horsepower. Again, that doesn't mean you're going to have more horsepower. Like Nick James understands this. He goes, well, if they want three and a half more horsepower, then my fender well, then I at least make it easy for the tuner. And that's why I like to do it. He makes it easy for the tuner. <clears throat> we got um, Omar X says, still can't believe Texas giving tickets for loud exhaust. So does Florida. But again, it goes by county. Martin County, Port St. Lucie County, you're more than likely, you're more likely to get a ticket. But let's let's be honest, guys. Let's say you guys are cops, and I'm sure we got cops like Jimmy Jams is a cop. Let's let let's let's assume you're a police officer, and you hear a ZR1 chopping away, a V3 blah 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 blah. Got that thing is clean. He's cruising. He's just chopping it up. You're not pulling him over. You're not going to pull him over. You're going to go. That bitch is bad. Now, if you got a fart can Honda guy that does not know how to drive, and when he leaves every intersection, he goes, like, I know you don't know how to drive the moment you leave a light like that. How about when you're going in reverse in a parking lot? the clutch how come these clutches don't last long because you don't know how to fucking drive the cop will pull you over then because you're being annoying not because you have altered exhaust not because of this the sound it's your being an asshole and cops aren't stupid they're more than likely normal dudes some of them have power trips some of them were bullied in high school and that's how they're gonna get back on people but the vast majority that I've met have never pulled me over and said, this car is too loud. You need to change the exhaust in Florida. I've been pulled over six or so times in Florida in the GT500, in the red car, in the white car. I have never had the officer say, this car is a little loud, isn't it? And they've all had free flowing exhaust, long tube headers, E85 and boosted. And I've never had an officer say, this thing's a little too loud. So in my opinion, it's they're targeting the Farcan douchebags and the BMW Burble Pop Punks. That's right. The BMW, Honda, Acura, whatever, Audi, Burble, Diesel, Tune, Idiots. You should get popped. We're not the same. 
Diesel burble tunes is sideshow stuff. That flame stuff and sounds like a shotgun out of your shit, that is to gain and garner attention. There is no performance in burble tunes. I don't know anything about tuning, but I love hearing how you explain it. Could you explain in layman's terms and theory how GM might work on the tune for Ram Air WS6? Indirect airflow. If you look at the Ram Air on the WS6, it has a very robust filtering system up front. And then the mass airflow housing, let me go look at it before I talk out of my ass. Um, WS6 Ram Air. Uh, images. <clears throat> is there a Ram Air system? Okay. Uh, this is aftermarket. Yeah, this looks to be aftermarket. This looks to be like a volant. But at the end of the day, if you look at this, it's still going to end up being indirect airflow and the mass airflow, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, oh, come on, man. This is super restrictive. Oh, come on. This is crazy. So look at this. This is a stock, supposedly, uh, RAM air system for a WS6. This is super restrictive, dude. So it sucks in air, and it does all this bullshit, and then it finally makes its way to the throttle body. It, it's not it's not direct mass, you know, like, 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 it's not pressure. And look at where the sensor is. If you look at the sensor, it's here. See, that's where the sensor is. And I bet you, if you look inside that... Um, math i bet you that it has a screen in front of it so let me see ws6 math sensor ws6 math sensor i bet you it has a big screen in front of it ah alex you're good so yeah so this is a mass airflow sensor for that ws6 and look there you go it has a big old screen and the screen uh serves a uh, a purpose of smoothing out whatever turbulent airflow is left from the quote-unquote ram air effect but look at look at all the the filaments and shit like this is super archaic and old school but the screen will help it slow down and any big particulates that might take out the um the filament there uh might, might be captured in the screen but yeah it's it's pretty much the same thing it's a smoothing of the airflow indirectly now let's say you eliminate all that on the ws6 you eliminate all that shit and then you go direct from filter right to throttle body, it will drive like absolute butt cheeks. It'll be terrible. <clears throat> I legit have dudes telling me they'll only race on certain roads so spectators can watch. Street racing is juke nowadays, all about content. Now, my sideshow drift event spectators allowed paintball guns, paint awarded to the drivers for quarter panel clips, have to stay in Aussie burnout box, sit back, collect money. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If you encourage sideshow stuff, uh, your aids. Alex, don't say that some idiot will try that. Not to self-incriminate, but for the low price of PMS intake, I'll go to the next sideshow for a jug of E50. <laughs> Just got my notice for 200 EV tax from Texas. What is that? What's an EV tax? Is that a real thing? Hey, Walter Hoffman, explain that. Mm. Got some coffee, that's right. Because I don't got to, I don't, I don't wake up early. Who cares? Sideshows equals low credit score activities. Martin and St. Lucie don't care about loud cars. They do. They have pulled over people in St. Lucie for loud fart cans. I, I, I've, I've had it happen many times to many customers. Laugh mass off fart can. You hit that on the head. It is. Look, every cop. Okay, cops make what? Uh, 60 to 70 after five years in. Or entry level 50. They don't make a lot of money. 
and they you know they got the gun they got, they got the power but let's say you're a you know mid-level mid-level you know in five six years you're not all gung-ho and shit you're not running towards shit you're just like whatever shit happens you're not gonna look at a v3 and go and hear chopping looking good and go i'm pulling him over he must be into some bullshit first of all it's a when new $100,000 car, he put about 25 or 26 into it just to make it chop and run on E85 with the Bell X, uh, you know, the showing off. There is no way this guy is looking to cause trouble. Now, if you see a RT Challenger V6, or is it a GT? I don't know. Whatever. The, what is the base model Charger? That all, you know, the, the one that does not have a 5.7 in it. With black tint. So again, V6 charger, black tint, lowered to the ground, and really dusty wheels because they're not cleaned up because of the brake rotor dust. I might want to follow him for a while and see if I smell weed coming from the front of that car. Right? Like, you're not stupid. You know I'm like, okay. Or an Altima or a Corolla or a Accord. Something with super dark tint, clapped out, and sometimes they're so stupid that they actually put a fart can in it, the SXT, right? Let's say you got a Charger SXT, black tint. If you're really stupid, you actually tint the windshield. If you're the dumbest son of a bitch on the planet and you tint the windshield and wonder why cops pull you over, um, you need your head checked. My GT500 has a very slight tint in the front. I'm going to take it off. I ain't about that life because I'm going to drive that car. It's going to be chopping, but it's going to be clean, pretty. <clears throat> I'm not going to be doing no hooning shit. And I don't want to get pulled over. I want them to see my big old face. Actually, the windows will be down because it doesn't have AC, so I'm good. Fuck it. The Challenger Pink Eye. License plate vibrating from the base. That's right. Copper Chicken. Uh, <laughs> where's Copper Chicken? Do I have Copper Chicken? I don't think I have Copper Chicken. Like, somebody wanted me to go through the whole... Um, <clears throat> soundboard and i just forget you know sxt playing this with blacked out windows gets pulled over 100 of the time you're calling out half of the metro detroit area right now cops he's chopping v3 lets it slide he's a v2 yanks it knowing i got a junkyard motor ex-cop made 65 a year after seven years in a major metro nice cars never got my attention loud trash cars were always more interesting Right, you have to you have to weigh out the <clears throat> like 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 okay, what am I gonna get more like what am I gonna get am I gonna get more out of a guy that has a credit score good enough to swing a hundred thousand dollar car and mod it like a psycho, like a psycho he modded a hundred thousand dollar car, or am I gonna pull over an SXC that smells like perp? Fuck out of here, easy easy. Every SXT owner plasty dips their wheels, adds tint, gay rainbow underglows, and angel eyes. When did black people start thinking that Dodges were good? Like, that has to be the biggest bait and switch in the history of cars. Like, Dodge actually convinced most people in the hood that this car was a status symbol to have so much so that they're willing to buy the SXT version or the GT version or the RT version. What a crazy bait and switch. What a psycho. I mean, marketing genius, right? 
Man, you gotta get this. Why I gotta get this? Hellcats and Trackhawks. They got Timmy on yeah. the turn up in the blast off. He wouldn't get out for that body, took his mask off. I gotta get me one of them. If Dirk says it's badass to have, then who am I to say anything different? Cop looking at a car with four different brand tires. I apologize in advance, but you've answered this in the past. But what is the difference between tuning wise between a MAF and speed density? Speed density is in the manifold, inside the manifold. MAF is outside. And they kind of do the same thing. They measure the inlet air temp. They measure velocity and the weight. So speed density and MAF kind of do the same thing. But the, let's say the, the, the layman's term is the mass airflow sensor is on a tube outside of the manifold. Whereas speed density is usually inside of the manifold. In the manifold. They give loud exhaust tickets in uh, Woodward in Michigan. No way. There's no better traffic stop than a Charger Challenger with blacked out windshield and windows. Lil Boozia put a Charger on 26s and the rest was history. Let's be honest. The driver of the SFC smelling like dank doesn't even hate, doesn't even have money or cover to, to cover bond. Wow. How do you know that? You don't think he's got a fat white girlfriend driving? <laughs> like that's the other thing. A status symbol in the hood is an SXT with a fat white girlfriend. What a bait and switch. Like the best thing to happen to fat white girls was the Dodge. Homie can't get it. You could, Bethany. Being a paralegal, whatever you are. And homeboy was like, hey, baby, you looking good as fuck, man. You know, how about you uh, co-sign on this shit for me? Darrell, it says 26%. Man, don't worry about it. I got a couple bands coming. I got, man, I got work. I got work coming in later. Don't worry about it. I'll just pay that shit off next payment. Never finds work. And work isn't work. Work is not work. You know, the, the hood term for work does not mean a job like at, you know, an actual job. Dodge will finance anyone. Nick James is the Elon Musk of the Mustang world. Glad to have him. We'd be stuck with JLT if he wasn't right. That's what I'm saying. Jay Tucker knows nothing about the airflow characteristics of the mass airflow sensor. He literally put stuff in a pipe and saw what worked decently. There was no data. There was no bench. There was no flow bench. There was no flow bench that measured frequency, density, inlet air temps, nothing. He literally started putting uh, PVC, uh, PCV, PVC. I always confuse those two. PVC stuff together, stuffed sensors in it, painted them, and then it evolved into the JLT Series 1, the Cobra uh, MAF, the Big Air, uh, and then the JLT Series 2, and then he sold the company to SNB. Who knows, you know, more, I guess. But the, the, one of the biggest frauds in history, like in history, was Jay Tucker thinking he knew shit about cold air intakes. But you guys bought him, right? You guys bought him because his marketing was good. I will give him that. His genius was in marketing. But when it comes to the science, nothing holds a candle to what Nick James has access to. Work equals playing PS5. <laughs> you know what the deal is. Hustle and grind is the lowest of the low definition. Call it what it is. Work. No, you know what it is. Work is not work. Work is drugs. Okay? When you hear rap songs, get in that work. You think they're talking about at the factory somewhere? Like assembling stuff? No. Stop it. 
Alex, splitting IAT for meth, injection on a sentry. I'm having a charge pipe made for IAT and the nozzle bungs. Should I move the meth from the intercooler to a straight section before the nozzle? So Samuel Day, your, if you have a Gen 2, you can buy an IAT breakout harness and the breakout harness will be a GM style brass IAT sensor. You can leave the mass airflow sensor in the charge pipe, but you have to spray the meth after the sensor, not before the sensor. You don't want to soak that sensor in meth. You want to spray after the mass airflow sensor and the broken out IAT harness in the manifold. So now when you spray the manifold down, now the computer sees an IAT drop. Now that doesn't mean it adds timing. See, people think that if a computer sees an IAT drop, it adds timing. It does not. It doesn't remove timing. If IATs are above 120, it'll start removing timing. If they're below 120, it will simply keep timing where it's commanded. So stop thinking that because you broke out the, I, the, the uh, IAT and you're spraying meth. And now when you're spraying meth, you are basically adding octane to the situation, okay? Let's say you're using M1, 100% meth. And you, let's say you have that meth spray isn't so much that it is causing issues with short-term fuel trims. So you can technically say, I am adding octane and cooling the air temp charge. But if the computer does not see a drop, it'll start pulling timing. A lot of people add meth to a centrifugal leave the IAT in the mass airflow sensor, computer doesn't know shit, but the car's happy, but it's not seeing a temperature drop. So you have to, you have to break it off. As the JLT is doing hood closed dyno testing on their CAI, stop it, Leon Phelps. If that's the case, you can attribute that to me. 100%. I was the first person ever, and that is laughable to me. I am a dumb Puerto Rican millwright from Holyoke, Massachusetts, a nobody. And I thought, why don't people close the hood during a dyno test? So on my personal vehicle with a Roush Colder intake, I did the tests and it made like 10 more horsepower. And I'm like, well, these tests are bullshit because unless you're racing with your hood open, none of these tests are valid. And then five years later or three years later, People were like, yeah, yeah, how come y'all don't test that shit with the hood closed? And there was an actual screenshot of a conversation of a cold air manufacturer saying, well, it'll make less power with the hood closed. There, And he said it like, duh, it'll make less power. Well, of course we test it with it open. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so stupid. My bad, if you already answered, uh, is the tuner reason required for adding the PMAS fender well extension? I don't, extension? If you're tuned for a PMAS, you don't need anything else. The housing data stays the same. Work equals little Calvin getting to the promotion of fried cook. Popeyes and work. Drop in a like. I'll catch a replay tomorrow. JLT's claim to fame was painted tube for two valves that didn't make any extra power. And that says everything you need to know. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Cody McGill says, I stumbled across your channel after buying a JLT. Funny enough, nobody else mentioned the drivability issues that they clearly caused going back to stock. No one on Facebook Mustang 6G anywhere that is a forum has people populating it that are knowledgeable enough to tell you 
specifically the drivability issues that are induced with a JLT Series 1, Series 2, 120, or whatever. Now, at wide open throttle, you're going to want the most air available. This is basic 101 stuff. Basic 101. Of course, at wide open throttle, you want the most uh, flow and the least restriction possible. But when you're not on wide open throttle and you're just leaving a light or you're coasting down and then the car stalls because it has a 145 IAT because it's an open air element filter inside of the engine bay, sucking engine bay air. And you go, oh, see, you guys got to like pare it down to real simple terminology. Did you guys see the Pro Charger kits that would literally suck air from the headers? Do you remember those? Let's let, let's look at that genius design. Pro Charger kit. Let's just do Pro Charger kit. Yeah, here you go. This is perfect. Yeah, it's, it's like the first one I saw. Okay, this is beautiful. Beautiful. This is Jegs, right? I just typed in Pro Charger kit. And, you know, nothing says better, nothing says power better than sucking air from the header. Can I zoom in? Yep. Let's just suck in air from on top of the exhaust manifold and then claim power numbers, right? I saw this at like, I don't know, I don't know how old that was. I was probably 30 something and I laughed. I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, ever. They still sell this? Like, do they still sell this? This is hilariously bad. But people, to this day, do we have to this day? Do we, do we have to this day? This day? To this day. To this day. To this day. To this day. We'll buy this kit, install that filter, and like not even think twice about it. And, and this is where forums are full of shit. Um, uh, most pages are full of shit. And you just can't trust anybody to, to do anything. Like you can't go on a forum when you learn a new platform and expect proper answers. There's a, there's a forum, right? Okay, the ZR1 forum. I'll give you an example, right? I was added. I didn't, I didn't join. I was added to the ZR1 forum. There's probably four people on that forum that know shit. Fran from RPM. Um, Alec Bledsoe from Late Model. Greg Kong, who actually porch blowers. And then a couple of other guys that do ZR1 things that, that seem to know shit. But they got beef. You know, they, they're all beefing with each other. Same shit. Same shit as Mustang shit. It's just... But every, and, and I have such limited knowledge of the LS and ZR1 platform. I can go in there and go, you're full of shit. Uh, yeah, it's bullshit. You're full of shit also. And you're like, it's common sense. It's common sense how these cars work. Like there was a guy that was like, hey, I went max effort and my car blew up. What happened? Well, you went max effort. <laughs> you went max effort and it blew up. What the fuck do you think was going to happen? Uh, well, I haven't heard of other people blowing it up. Did you ever think of this? That not everyone posts their L's? Did you guys ever think of that? When it comes to seeing people on Facebook, Instagram, promote their products, do they post their L's? No, because then you'd have questions. What made it fail? What made it do this? What made it do that? Like, I don't understand why a product that you're pushing and you've had many failures of said product or engines, like it would never happen. But 
if someone makes a cool reel with a rap song behind it and the car running a number, you buy the product as if it's like law that that bitch is, you know, popping. My JLT caused my RPM to stutter when it's hot outside after I drive around for a while. It'll dip down to 800 to 700 RPMs, then jump back up. JLT is trash. Now, I have a JLT carbon fiber in the GT500. <clears throat> now, it does that exact same dip. Now, I can mask it. I can absolutely mask the dip. Or, why don't I just buy a PMAS 149? But the problem is this. The current 149 is sold in a configuration that I don't like. It's like one big long metal pipe and I am not the biggest fan. Not because of air temperatures, I have an ice tank and all this other stuff, but I, I just don't like the current configuration of the way that they sell the PMAS 149. I'd rather it be, you know, silicone couplers, little curve here, little curve there, but you know, that that's why I'm either gonna cut the end of the JLT carbon fiber and stuff a PMAS in there, cause I think that'd be hilarious as shit, or I'll just buy another uh, DD149, uh, you know, that's uh, out and about. Not everyone wants you to succeed. 37 degrees of timing does that. Uh, I'll always post my L's, I don't care, I always bounce back better. Off topic says Jacob DeLeon. I found out that besides the dark horse is also the name of a ladder, also, Besides the wine, Dark Horse is also the name of a ladder. There's a ladder called the Dark Horse? Plumb that sucker into the big hood scoop. It ain't rocket science. All tuning shops in every platform community have some type of beef. Absolutely. Yes, that hot air pro charger is still out there for some GM and Mopar. I am just waiting on this T56 to come in and I'm tired of putting trans in. Okay, so Jared Wells, let me ask you a question. Did you power shift the car on the 3-4 shift? That's all you got. Did you power shift? Because if you're driving around like a normal person, MT82s don't break. MT82s don't break if you drive like a normal ass person. I am blown away that you're having this many transmission issues and then and, and if you're driving like a normal person, one, that's not a race car, right? So you're not out there racing all the time, right? And if you are racing all the time, are you power shifting the thing? Are you, are you leaving your foot to the floor and doing two, three, three, four shifts? Every transmission will break doing that. Like Billy Badass T56s will break doing that if you have a stiff enough clutch. If you want to do race car shit, you got to spend race car money. PPG gear set, G-Force gear set, face plated, all this stuff. Like you can't just expect a bone stock transmission to take wide open throttle shifts with an RXT clutch. I don't think so. I revved it to 7,000 trying to get a log and then shifted to fourth, then bomb. I don't think so. No way. No way. You didn't go third gear, what? Then go to fourth and then the trans just exploded. That doesn't sound right to me. It's my daily. I thought the Dark Horse was a corn company... Hatch says, compression test. Good, Alex. Thanks. Ultimate header is going on my Whipple 3.0 S550 tomorrow and getting Lund uh, tuned in two weeks when I get paid. Catch replay tomorrow. Good night, Hatch. Thank you. Look, again, Lund is the last good tuner left, period, for Ford. I'm sorry. It's just, they just are. If you are new to the Ford platform and you're going to go, but what about this company? What about that company? Cool. You can use them if you want. But if you want to grow with the car and have the best tuning available, latest and greatest stuff now, Lund is the place to go to. Not only because I worked there, but guess what tune I had in my car when I worked at VMP? A Lund tune. 
And that's what we compared it against all the time. I had kept my end gauge. I kept the mods the same. So when I would put a VMP tune on the car, I'm like, it's good, but it ain't like this. So I would try to mimic without having access to the tune because I didn't have access to the tune. I had access to it, meaning you can't suck it off. You can't do any of that stuff. We, we just weren't doing that. So my job was, not my job, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to get the car to mimic what a Lund tune did the most, especially on a shift. On a shift, I wanted it to shift a certain way. What's up, buddy? Oh, he, how you doing? I know. He, he's always, he's, he's really like been cuddly lately. And I don't know why. He just wanted to come by and say hello. <laughs> You're the cutest thing ever. You really are the cutest thing ever, buddy. Don't worry. Your buddy's coming soon. We're going to play. We're going to have you play with him. So um, the biggest difference I noticed between a Lund tune, let's say, and a VMP tune on an 11-14 TVS car was the, the entry and the exit of the RPM after a shift. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it sounds like there's a limiter on the 3-4 shift or 2-3 shift like a bump, and I'm like, no, I let off the gas a long time ago, or I got on the gas a long time ago. There's a delay. Once I figured out what it was, I was like, okay, but it took me 40 tunes, 40, to mimic one dumb little thing. But drivability was always better with the Lund tune. Something happened between Lund and HPJ. They told me they no longer are a dealer. I'm getting hooked up with Bob Monk's uh, 350 Lund. No idea, but if they're not a dealer, vaya con Dios. Uh, I don't know what would have happened to have that occur, but it might not have been good. I do 100 pulls every day and my trans exploded. Exactly. So yeah, if you want to get tuned in that area, Bob Monks. And Bob Monks has a music business, so he's probably not going to do that long term either. Um, hasn't Texas always impounded? I don't know. I have another trans. Hit, hit live, Jaker Days. Hit live. I have another trans tomorrow in and log again. Damn. Alex, what positive displacement blower do you recommend for us? Stock bottom engine, one coyote. Roll race car. Okay. Roll race car, a Whipple 3.0. The TVS hits hard down low. So in my opinion, it's a better dig blower. And it kind of peters up up top. It just kind of flatlines. The Whipple 3.0 front feed fits on the Gen 1, makes good power, has a favorable power curve, has a good intercooler. Um, I think for roll, because you said roll and you said positive displacement. If you want to go roll racing, you put a centrifugal in that sucker. Paxson 2200 SL or a Vortec V3 or V7. Um, Back in 14, when I went from VMP to Lund, my 13 G500, night and day difference. I have an RXC clutch and an ESS G2 on my 2020 Stang as well. Stang. Stang. Okay, Savar Martiner, nobody calls it a Stang. This isn't the... Mustangs Forever group on Facebook. This isn't Drag Week. It's a Mustang. Or a Coyote. You don't ever say Stang. You don't say I have a Stang. You don't go to a meet and say nice Stang. You don't refer to anything as a Stang. It's a Mustang. Stang is for like like dorks, dweebs, douchebags, culture, people that have... 5-0 tattoos, Cobra tattoos. Like, stop saying Stang. It's a Mustang. What the fuck was he saying anyway? Um, as well as the Barton STS Transmount, and I have ran mines. Oh, my Jesus. This, this, up to 7,303rd and never had a problem hitting fourth on my MT-82. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, 
Mines. <laughs> M-I-N-E-S. <laughs> Stang, boomer, but it's Stang mode. Stang bros. Stang. Stang gang. Stang is cringe as fuck. That's why Stang mode is the dumbest thing ever. Well, let me ask you a question. Weren't you eco-beast back in the day? Yeah. So at least that makes sense, right? Eco-boost beast. You know, gay shit. Uh, okay. Eco-beast. Cool. Then he gets a Mustang and he goes, you know, it has a race mode, a drag mode, a normal mode, a wet mode. Why doesn't it have a stang mode? What the fuck is a stang mode? Stupid. Catch y'all on the next live. Good night, says Killshot Racing. Saving up my ducats for a boosted Lun tune. I just hope when I put the T56 with this new clutch, all my bad luck will go away. You can break a T56. A T56 stock gear set is nothing to write home about. It's, it's, it's no big deal. It's a T56. You can break that motherfucker too. If you drive like a dumbass and have an RXT clutch in it. Now, if you have a G-Force gear set, PPG gear set, Billy Badass shit, it's less likely to have an issue. But that's big money. My stang pulls hard. Uh, if you keep driving like a monkey, it won't, Jared. Uh, less eco boost, more stang mode. Just seen a video of a Paxson S550 smoking a C7 Z06 full bolt down with cams. S550 gave the Z06 the hit and a car. Look, you are asking for trouble if you're in a Corvette. And I know this. I know. Look, you don't think, you don't think when I drive my Z01 around, and this is a very good point. I own a 700, which isn't a whole bunch. A 700 rear wheel horsepower ZR1. I don't care about another's Corvette. I don't care about a Camaro SS. Guess what I'm looking out for when I'm out on the streets? A Mustang. That's right. I'm going, a Paxton Mustang will give this thing the sauce. A 10R80 Whipple E85 Mustang will donkey gap this thing. I know this. Intimate knowledge. I get it. I see another Corvette. Let's go. Grand Sport, okay. Pro Charge Corvette, let's fuck it, let's go. But when it comes to a Mustang, I go, I gotta be on top of my game, or I don't got enough. Because the car runs like a 5960, 60-130, which isn't great, but it's decent. Now, if I have a 900 horsepower C601, they can all suck my fat Puerto Rican dick. Like, let's go. I will, and if I lose, you're making a thousand. So, no, no sweat off my back. I hate manual Mustang guys. Blame the MT82 for everything and think the Magnum XL is indestructible. Exactly. Do not think that the Magnum XL is the savior. First of all, clutch selection is the most important thing on the planet. If you're going to have anything wear out fast, you want it to be your clutch. You don't want it to be your transmission. So, RXT, gone in the fucking trash. Gotta go. Gotta go. Has to go. You got to get either a Mantic, but Alex is 3200 bucks. Welcome to racing. If not, trade it in for a 6R80 car. <clears throat> hey, Alex, is Jeremiah Camp's car still stick shift and twins now? I don't know. I have no idea what he's got going on. Would love to see a review on that when you get some time. I haven't talked to him in forever. I don't know what's going on with that car. I, I don't know shit. I am out of that loop. Whoever works on that car, fucks with that car, I am 100% out of that loop. I fuck with my shit. 
Jared Wells says, not going RXD already. Got a different trans. If I blow the gear set, I'll send it to Ben and get pill. Always find a way better than getting the car out of impound, right? King Mitchell, can we all, uh, can we call Corvettes vets? Yeah, I've never said like vet. ZR1. Corvettes are hella scary high speed. They flow. Exactly. Like no one, no, everyone goes, oh my God, those things are super stable. No, they're one. Nobody's looking out for M3s. Nobody's looking out for M3s. Like not at all. On a roll, your 9.7, 9.7 is like 5.8, five, five, right? Like 5.8, five, 5.5, five, five, 60 to 130. No one's scared of that. No one's scared of that. Now, if my Corvette makes <clears throat> 900, it should be a four-second 60 to 130 car. But I got the GT500 for that. Like, I got the GT500. I don't think I want to make the Corvette so silly stupid that it is undrivable, you know? <clears throat> it might get a cam before a fuel system, believe it or not. Not at the EZ, the ZR1 has E50, exactly. Did Lund and AD tuning ever have beef? I think one-sided. Like, Lund doesn't look at AD and go, you're a competitor. You're, you're, a, you're a fellow tuner, but to, to say they're competitors is difficult. RXE treated my third gear in my 15 like alcoholic father does his kids after work. That's because most of them think 350 has a TR6060 Mofler. What's going on with Mofler? What did Mofler say? As Joe Swiss now, they usually can't drive and they'll say the 350 trans is better. Exactly. <clears throat> What's better for an auto car? Says Jaden Locke or Luke. Look. A Hoosier DBR 2810517 or a Hoosier DL. <laughs> just, just stick. Stick a sticky tire on the fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Is it a D.O. by D.D. Just put a drag radial on it. Why don't you do this? <clears throat> Why don't you do what everyone else has been doing in racing forever? Buy both and see what's better for you. See, there is no recipe that just goes this, 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 and this is better for your combo. Like, if you want to run a number, sure, there's certain combos that'll get you there. But what is better for you? Why don't you try it? You know how many people told me an NT05 would be badass? And it was the biggest piece of shit tire in history? You know how many people told me an NT55R was badass? And it was the biggest piece of shit tire in history? When I had my first Fox body when I was younger, the BF Goodrich drag radio had come out with the big center patch. The big drag radio, the 275 on the street was a piece of shit. You know what ended up working well for my car? A bias ply M&H Racemaster. Not what everyone else told me to get. Not what the forums told me to get. What I tried on the car and worked better for the car. A single turbo 10R80, 60 to 136. How much horsepower is that asking for a friend? Oh gosh, probably high 800s or low 900s. Well, okay, for example, um... Valley 10 speed went four six, and I think he went. He made 1100 horsepower through an ESS G4 through a 10R80. Badass shit. So yeah, you're probably way up there, Unless, depending on the weight of the vehicle too. MTD2s has the exact same problems as a T56 back in the day at Mendoza. Calling a, man, a Mustang a Stang is equivalent to naming an automobile show ownership. It's redundant. Alex, at what point do you recommend a monoblade PMAS DD149 on a TVS stick car? Thanks in event. Never, never. When you're professionally racing the car. Like, monoblades to me are nothing but problems. Monoblades to me are aesthetics more than Bailey badass performance. 
I've had guys with a twin 65 make eight, 900 horsepower, which is well beyond the stock bottom end's capabilities. So why do you want a monoblade to give you another, what, 10 horsepower on top of that? Like, oh, Alex, what about the 163R versus the CJ65 on your stock bottom end 15? Like, that's, that's what we're talking about right now? Come on, stop it. What's up, Theo says, Derek Sanchez, Blizzak, snow mode, cement bags, in the trunk, it done. Is a 347-stroker a good engine? Uh, not on a stock block. I think that's too much of a stroke and torque for the block to handle at higher RPMs. So I, I'm not a big fan of 347s. A 331 seems to have been favored for a very long time. But in my opinion, when it comes to small blocks, Ford stuff, I don't fuck with any stock bottom end shit. I'd rather just have like a dart block or, you know, Man of War or an a, old A4, something like that. Remember that, the A4 blocks? They were like the shit back in the day. A4, Igloo, Vortec. Remember the A4 block, Igloo, Vortec, um, Trick Flow R's? renegade cars that were like 870 cars or 850 cars back in the day oh the good old days valley went 389 100 to 150 though yeah but what the fuck does that matter like like people think that the 100 to 150 matches the 60 to 130 and it never does if it does it's it's close but it never matches exactly I've always wondered people wanting to know 100 to 150 numbers. Why don't you just race the fucking guy? I have a 370. <laughs> What's your 60 to 130? 4-5. Oh, fuck. I'm not racing him. Why not? What if he misses a gear? What if he spins off the hit? Why aren't you racing? Why are you proxy racing via his because of his draggy time? Like, no one should know anyone's time. No one should say anyone's time. No one should post anyone's time. You should just run each other. The green 10 or 80 Mustang with the ESS went 4, 16, 130 on the 100 mm pulley. Not sure how much power that is. Yeah, 900. Yeah, over 900. So that's about right. So an ESS S550 10 or 80 car will destroy my ZR1 like nothing. And I expect it to. And I would not feel bad losing to one. I'd be like, yo, that thing's built right. Bad sh-. And he can and he can literally say, I beat a ZR1. Fuck, Alex. You got it. You got it. And how much... Does it cost to build an ESS Gen 3 car? Let's talk about that. Jay Walker. Let's talk about how much it costs to put an ESS in a Gen 3 10 or 80 car. $38,000 car, $9,000 kit, 15 to 2000 let's say $2,000 fuel system. So 38 plus let's say 10. Less than $50,000 all in. You can have a four-second 60 to 130 or a well-into-the-nine-second drag car. Don't talk to me about BMW shit. Don't talk to me about BMW shit. Alex, what is your 160 to 230? (laughs) I just installed my PMAS Fender upgrade today. IAT never went 10 degrees above ambient at idle. Papa Alex knows what he's talking about. And again, I'm only doing this because I, if it was up to me, I would like deny tuning your car unless you had the parts that I think were legit. But I don't have that. I don't have that uh, luxury. Some of you buy JLT. Some of you buy um, Stita open air elements. Some of you buy Stita closed air boxes. Still, to my to my absolute surprise. So 
I've always said the PMAS is the best PMAS because Nick James is a basically a scientist. He is an engineer, has a flow bench. And I remember about three years ago, he goes, Alex, I am designing a Fender Well intake. And yes, it'll be covered and blah, blah. And I was like, damn it. Awesome. Do you remember his TVS cold air intake? Does anyone remember the Gen 2 TVS cold air intake? Those are great. Alex, I had a 19 Vortec with a 4 that went 8.8. I'm well aware. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you're talking all this BMW bullshit. You're, for, you're sleeping on the fact that Mustangs have been doing it on stock transmission. Stock transmission. Like, Omar Garza is my example of what a stock transmission TVS car can do. 9.4, 9.3, basic shit, E85. Like, super basic shit. Stock transmission. Yes, he has a drive shaft. Yes, he has axles. Stock, never been touched transmission. Has been 940s for like three or four years. Love that dude. That's moving for sure. What about GT500? It should be the 10 or 80. Oh, okay. My GT500 stick, I don't know. But auto, it went for three, 60 to 130, which is pretty quick, but not the quickest. In a sticky surface, my GT500 went 3.5, 60 to 130, when it ran 830 at um, at 165 at uh, Texas 2K. <clears throat> My oh yeah, if it's eight, if, if it went into the eights, yeah, but if it's a nine four nine three car, not a problem. Omar X, so will you give kudos if a Mustang beats you and it has Caltech suspension and tuned by PBD? Of course, of course. Because it's not the tuning. It did it despite the tuning and the shitty suspension. Like, the car is that good. <laughs> you know, like, if a PBD-tuned Keltrak car beats me on a roll, nothing that PBD did or Keltrak did helped in that win. It's wide open throttle, and the suspension is doing nothing <laughs> on a roll. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, you beat me. Your, your, your power adder and the Coyote engine did really well. I don't race anybody just for that reason. Cause, cause there was a BMW something the other day and he just shadowed me for like, I was just cruising and we're in traffic. Like, I love how people th say, say, I'm talking like staying mode. I love how people say Alex was afraid to race me. Oh, oh, you mean in the middle of fucking rush hour traffic? Yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's be smart. Let's do fast and furious shit and dodge cars. And, and I'm going to race your piece of shit in my, in my I'm good. But He's, he's on the side of me the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. And I just dropped it to second and went, what? You know, just as like, okay, this is what you're dealing with. So do you still want some of this sauce? He didn't, but he just shadowed me the whole fucking time. I need help, Alex. I got a manual S197 Gen 2 short block, ported boss heads with comp cam stage and A. Should I go PD blower or Sentry? I'm stuck here. I don't know what you want to do, Zeke Villarreal. I have no idea what you want to do. I have no idea what you want to do. 4.6 Chris says... Deal. What do you recommend for the gear in my Coyote Swap 96 GT? 28-inch tire, handling built 3650. 3650. Isn't that the the three-valve transmission? Uh, transmission? Isn't that the three-valve transmission? 3650 50 trans. Oh, Jesus. 3650 trans. Isn't that the three-valve? Yeah, that's a three-valve hunk of shit. Um, it still has a... Fourth, uh, first, okay, it still has a one to one fourth. So you got a Hanlon built 3650 in a 28, a 373, 355 or 373, and you're fine. 
Deal. What do you recommend for a re I already got it. Okay. Uh, shift 20 times while racing. Why? Just wait till no traffic or it, was meant, it wasn't meant to happen. Dude, they, they bait you all the time in the middle of traffic. And guys, in Florida where I live, there's always traffic. On 95, on the turnpike, there's always traffic. Unless you're out there at 3 or 4 in the morning. So when people say, well, Alex, I saw you race. I saw you down the turnpike. How come you don't want to go? I don't know because it was 5 p.m. And I wasn't looking to risk running into the back of somebody just so that. So then what? That's so stupid. Um, why? Shift 20 times. It was probably a 335 or slower there. Equivalent of a three-valve owner. 3650 to two-valve and three-valve trans. 01 or 04 GT trans, right? NA on the 28. Either get a 26 or 410s boosted. Keep the 373s. Yeah, exactly. I bet Nick James could blend E50 on the first try. No beakers. Uh, I was just happy that my 952 and only challenger, hell cat beat one of all my my all-time dream cars c601 with exhaust which isn't saying much because it's like an eight second 60 to 130 car my car was losing fuel pressure at the top of the gear like my corvette in florida with the stock era i mean i'm saying bone stock went 8160 to 130 then it cooled down it got down to 50 degrees one time and it went 77 and i went okay so in the northeast it's like a 80 car no big deal and I've gotten it down to 5.961 average. But, you know, it's just hot as hell. So I'll wait till it cools down. And then I can get probably a 5.50. I think I can get a 5.50 out of the car as it sits, which is awesome if it makes 720, 730 wheel because it's super efficient. The car is light. My goal for that car is fours, 60 to 130, nines in the quarter mile, chopping it up, going to Clematis, getting dinner. That's it. Um, there are IG accounts, uh, dedicated to that bullshit to follow up on my last comment. It's a roll car. Oh, centrifugal centrifugal because you have cams. Well, you have cams, so you might benefit from a TVS because the cams lower the, uh, let's just say cylinder pressure because it allows more airflow to get in and out. So it lowers the cylinder pressure. So you'll have less torque down low. So yeah, I don't recommend a centrifugal car with cams because it's gonna feel extremely lazy until 5,000 RPMs or so. All right, let's give away the voucher. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give away a $350 voucher for PMAS. Now, this voucher could be good for a cold air, PMAS Fenderwell, or any parts on the website that equal up to $350. So, <clears throat> We'll go ahead and do that. Again, members only giveaway. And I really hope somebody that's actually going to use this stuff wins. Or if you're going to use it, I don't want you to give because it's going to be a code. So what's going to happen is this. The winner's going to receive a code once I get it from Nick James. You will use that code through their website and get a credit. And you'll have to get with Nick James so that you guys can do that kind of um, transaction. But I really hope you guys don't be like, well, can I do 350 here and this and that? And can I give it to my friend and all this stuff? No, just just buy it. Buy a PMAS fender well and like pay for shipping and then like maybe sell it. Who knows? But just just, just don't fuck around. It's just a complete waste of time. Okay. <clears throat> what gear ratio was in my black car when I had the T56? Again, I had a T56 Magnum XL in the, the black car, the black 11 GT. What rear gear ratio was in it when I ran 10-1 at 138? What real bam, Chris Romero, just like that. Just like that. He has really good internet. He has insanely good internet. So Chris Romero, not only 
are you a member? You're a Dark Horse member. That means you've been here for a while. So Chris Romero, email me, ydbtforlife at gmail.com. Verify who you are, and you will get a $350 voucher via a code to, everyone said three fifty. Look at look at how many people don't know, 355s with a T56? 331, what is happening? Oh my Lord, you guys, uh, uh. anyway, Chris Romero, hit me up, ydbtforlife at gmail.com. Again, Chris Romero, congratulations, nice and easy. That's the giveaway today. That's a $350 giveaway for a either a PMAS vendor well intake or parts that sum up to about $350. Congratulations, congratulations, do, do we have applause here? You have applause? Yeah, congratulations, Chris Romero, for winning. Yeah, that's loud, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's enough of that shit. Okay. <clears throat> that was the first question I've ever known, says Walter Hoffman. I'm still going to buy a PMAS intake this week. Thank you, Great Mustang. Damn, I would have gotten that one, but I got McDonald's internet. Anybody ever swap a 3150 into a Gen 3 or bullet? I rode with my bullet 3150. What the fuck is a 3150? What the fuck is a 3150? A, th- a TKX? Like, what are you talking about? Is it a TKX? What's a Tremec 3150? Can anyone tell me what... Can anyone just speak English? A 3150? That motherfucker lives in your complex. <laughs> We're all late bloomers, Alex. Exactly. I just guessed. Um, he's in the next room, right? Uh, Bryson Witt. <laughs> I wasn't serious. I knew it was 410. He just said it first. Don't fear the gear. 455s. Ew, ban him. Um, I could have sworn Alex asked that once before. Maybe. What... 60 to 130 what do you expect on a Gen 3 5 intake headers, CJ 85, 10 or 80 card? Nine, like what my red card did. Nine, probably better than my red card. Let's say like a 9-1, 9-1 or a high 8. Like my Fox body runs 890, uh, 60 to 130. So, but it's lighter and it makes 460 horsepower. So a, a 10 or 80 car, 60 to 130, Gen 3, 5.0 intake, headers, CJ. CJ, I mean, it should be it should be there. It should be high 8s, low 9s, in my opinion. That's why I'd love to race comparable NA setups in my Fox body. Like 450-wheel Coyote cars in the Fox body. I think that'd be cool. I think he meant 3160. Yeah, no, I don't know. Why would anyone want a 3160 in a... Okay, the 3160... Again, for the dum-dums, comes in the GT350, and it is a weaker transmission than the MT82. Yeah, it's a weaker transmission than the MT82. So why would you want that? Yes, it shifts nice. It feels nice. Um, it has a great gear stack. Um, it's weaker. It just doesn't hold the power. And again, Ben Stoner from Fat House Fab was on this channel doing an interview podcast, and he said, those transmissions simply don't hold the power. What anti-roll bar do you recommend for my Coyote Swap New Edge? Recently put a... Okay, just get a UPR, Severe Duty, or something from um, Team Z. Now you can do Team Z or UPR stuff. I have a UPR, Severe Duty... K, uh, uh, did you say K-member or anti-roll bar? Anti-roll bar. Um, I have UPR stuff in that, and it's never been an issue. Literally never been an issue. Ayo, got a start date on doing my part on the weekend. Uh, let's talk about I got a start date. I'm doing part-time this weekend and next weekend, and I start full-time. 25-hour 
flag on the 21st. What, what, $25 an hour flag on the 21st. What's he talking about? Black Hat 1478 says, I'm getting lean spikes from my JLT. Well, throw it in the fucking garbage and stomp it out and, th- and just flush it down the toilet. Anyway, uh, getting lean spikes from my JLT. Should I try to shield the filter from the air coming into the grill or is there's no way to make it better? You're going to have to shield it so much, it's probably going to flow less air. Right now, I have a JLT without a box or shield in my 01 Coyote swap. Would a PMAS still be the better option, even though it will not have a box or shield? No. You have to build a a box so that it grabs airflow indirectly, just like stock does. 3160 is meant for low weight and high revs. Agreed. Going to buy me an F-150 here soon, so I'm not beating my car so much. Honestly, I think it was the RXT because I'm not ripping the shifts that hard. Honestly, I like my car too much to break it that much. Okay, good. Because, Jared, you got to understand. When you do a watt log, first of all, you don't have to shift into the next gear. You just do a third gear watt pull and then clutch in. <laughs> like just clutch in and go, okay, let's see what the tuner says. Um, but yeah, your Mustangs are toys. And I, I think Mustangs have reached that that level of being a toy. Meaning you don't want to you don't want to drive it daily. You don't want to rely on it to drive it daily because you enjoy it in a high performance capacity. So toys should be treated like toys. You're going to break them. You're going to fix them. You're going to run them and break them again. So I don't think anybody out there should have a daily driven coyote. I'm going to be honest with you guys. The, the temptation is there every day to go wide open throttle. It is just that kind of car that makes you feel great to go wide open throttle in. When I drive my ZR1, I drive it once a week. I don't drive my I drive my Fox body maybe twice a month because I know if I drive it more than that shit'll start breaking. Um, the GT500 will be a like Sunday night car or a cars and coffee car and go to the drag strip. But but there's no way I'm gonna just daily or drive to like groceries a face plated T56 chopping car that makes probably 1200. That's crazy. You just drive it once in a while to get this, you know, I don't know, just a cruise. Like that's that's what I used to do when it had a Turbo 400. Biggest mistake ever. Biggest mistake I ever did with that car was thinking I can cruise a Turbo 400 equipped car. Now, a lot of you have noticed that because I've worked on my cars more, like you're surprised the amount of stuff. Like think about the amount of stuff I've done on the cars since I started working on my own cars. And again, this all started with the Fairmont. The Fairmont... And again, I don't want to bring up old shit, but two things happened in the last year or two. Uh, people that wanted to help on the channel didn't prioritize anything. Even though I'm here, I'm willing to pay money. Let's go. I'd rather work on doing content and have somebody else work on my cars than myself. But because I was forced to work on my cars myself. I've learned a lot, but it has taken years out of my life. Like it is not fun to get on the ground and work on these cars. So what have I done in the garages? Like you guys probably make fun of the fact that I live in an apartment, you know, and, and, and I have two, two, two garages that I lease here. But what are, let, let's talk about what I've done in those garages, okay? And it's been documented on the channel. First of all, I attempted to install a BL Fab turbo in the white car, said fuck this, put an ESS in it. Boom. Then put headers in it because I had to buy headers. So I had to put headers in it. And because I had the BL Fab stuff, I had to buy headers again, put them on, put the ESS kit. That thing was great. I put a blower on the ZR1, headers, 
capback, complete exhaust on the Z01. I replaced the diode on the torque converter when it had a turbo 400 on the GT500. Then the engine let go, sold that, put a new motor in it, uh, put a new trans in it, converted it to manual, installed the pedals. You have seen all that stuff happen. Um, on the, on the um, Mustang, on the uh, Fox body, throw out bearing replacement. I've done a lot of intake work, carburetor work, and a lot of little nook, you know, nooks and crannies that I've messed with. So it has taught me a lot about working on cars, but it, it doesn't make me happy. Like a lot of you guys go, Alex, don't you feel happy that you worked on cars? Fuck no. Absolutely not. It is awful. I hate it because the amount of time I could be, you think it's easy for me to work on a car and video it at the same time, me being 100% by myself? Like that takes time. I have to stop film, edit, live in person, I can't just work on a car. So some people say, oh, you know, we're proud of you. And I appreciate the, you guys to say that, but I hate it. It is awful to work on these cars. I know I can work on the cars. I have proven to myself I'm a adequate mechanic, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make me feel better. I'm in pain most of the time. All my knuckles are jacked up. My hands are jacked up. I'm constantly sore. There's nothing fun about this. So this was made out of, this was done out of necessity. Nobody in this area either has the uh, work ethic, the wherewithal, or the prioritization of what this channel can bring them. I can bring you forty dollars to $50,000 a year worth of work if you're willing to handle it in a timely manner. Now the Fairmont was the one that broke the camel's back because the Fairmont to me is more special than all these other cars combined. The Fairmont to me is the top of the heap when it comes to the cars I own. I'll sell the ZR1, I'll sell the White Notch, I'll sell the GT500, I'll sell the Escalade. I will never sell the Fairmont. Never, ever, ever will sell the Fairmont. That Fairmont to me is going to be a race car one day that runs sevens and I can somewhat drive it on the streets once in a while because in order to build a six second car, it is serious race car shit and there is nothing street about a six second car, period. I don't care what you say. I don't care that you can drive it from one garage to the other. That doesn't make it a street car. A street car to me, everything works. Signal lights, wipers, AC, the whole nine yards if it came with it from the factory. So yeah, no, a lot of you guys have seen me work on these cars and you're like, oh, this is great, Alex. I love that you're working on your own cars. I don't. I hate it. I hate every second of it. But it brings me content. I'm able to show you some of the work on the cars, but I dislike it highly. Only thing happy about working on your own car is saving money. Exactly. So if you, okay, so how much would it have costed me for a, for those of you that run shops, how much would it have cost me to replace the motor? Okay, forget it. Take it to your shop. Take the motor out. Leave it there for six months. And then put the motor in. Convert the transmission. Convert it from auto to manual. Put pedals in it. Put a new master cylinder in it. Or everyone say, why don't you get a different reservoir? Show me a different reservoir that fits nicely. None. And the Shelby stopped making that reservoir, that auxiliary reservoir. So please stop telling me that you should have gotten a different reservoir from a GTO of all things. No. I want it to be as factory as possible. And I put in what came from the factory, a little nipple on the mass. Not, not that much work. But I probably saved 40, uh, let's say, I probably saved 15 to $20,000. So yeah, exactly. I probably saved 15 to $20,000 because headers on the Corvette, cap back on the Corvette. I ported the blower, or uh, installed the ported blower, installed different injectors, installed different throttle body, installed another blower, installed three different cold airs, Testing, 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 testing. I've done a lot of work on that Corvette, dude. 
I hear you, Alex. I do all my own work and I don't have a lift either. And I'm older than you. It's not easy. It's okay. So I love the gym. I love the gym. Not because I want to get buff and big, but it's a mental exercise. When you're lifting weights and you're in your own little world, you work out so many problems just by lifting weights. When I work on the car and I'm insanely frustrated, then I wash my hands and go to sleep and I wake up the next day so freaking sore that I cannot go to the gym. That takes away from my enjoyment. Let's say once I got the GT500 started, I was happy, but I wasn't elated. I wasn't like, oh, I went, oh, cool. Now we're chasing down connectors. We're chasing down reverse lockout fixes. We're chasing down the OSS sensor. We're chasing down a whole, the reverse lights. I want everything to work on that car because when it had the Turbo 400, it had none of that stuff. So now I'm gonna try to make the reverse lights work, the rear lockout uh, work, and the OSS works so the miles an hour read properly. My dad does customs on that level, charges 150 an hour these days. $2,000 for a motor swap, trans swap, another 2,000 then plus labor, probably 6K. Just on the GT500. So what about Corvette headers? Like, fuel system? I'm not gonna even try to do the fuel system on that Corvette. Like, not even gonna attempt it because I think I gotta drop the torque tube. That blows my mind. Um, I did respect, I respect keeping the GT500 Origins. What happens to seize cars and you lose all the money from it? You, you Okay, hit live, number one. But when you, when you get your car taken, you're fucked. And the bank still wants their money. So what happens, for those of you that know that are bankers, if your car gets seized, you still owe on it. You can't just like give it up. Maybe you can re- have it like voluntarily repoed, but the, the dealer or the bank, forget the dealer, the bank needs their money. So you're probably on the hook. You know what happens to seized cars? The same thing that happens to your car when you crash it at the drag strip and the insurance denies the claim. You have a useless car that you can either part out or just leave it there and, and pay the payments. Once they seize your shit, see you later. It's over. Uh, lay on some cardboard at least, bro. Uh, what was the reverse lockout issue? Reverse lockout? There, you can't go into reverse on a T56 unless it's wired in. GT500s have a reverse lockout harness, like a little pigtail, so that the when you try when you clutch in and you go to reverse, there's a solenoid that allows you to actually go into reverse. If you do not have that, it won't go into reverse. It's worth it when you can use it for content, but it's cheaper for me just to pay someone exactly. Don't forget to drop a like, everyone. Just my ass. Um, hey, Alex. 18F150 ported AT Manny. PMS. Cold air intake. Free flow and exhaust. 85. Should I install headers or keep them stock? Well, if you have an 18F150, um, I, would, I would do headers if you're going to do max effort NA. If you're not going to do max effort NA, you can do free flowing exhaust. That car gets crushed, exactly. Alex, would you say the ESS is the easiest supercharger to install? I have installed the Vortec, which is exactly as the Paxton. I have installed a Whipple. I have installed the TVS. I have installed, tried to install twin turbos. The ESS kit, a person with minimal mechanical knowledge but high common sense can install that in less than a day. So, in my opinion, absolutely from my experience has been the easiest to install for sure your credit is also gone exact bank seizes the car sells that at auction and bills you for the remainder of that it is owed interesting so it's basically a repo so it's a repossession so basically what happens if the, the police get your car they notify the owner which is the bank the bank says thank you it's a it's a voluntary repo get goes to the dealer by the way this is the balance which is eighteen thousand dollars 
and you owe that. Does PMAS offer a Fender extension for a CJ PMAS on an S197 setup? You'd have to hit up Nick James and PMAS. Alex, I sent you an IG about Star Trek 1995, correctly predicting what San Francisco will be like in 2024. Instagram. Let's go. Let's see it. Uh, no messages. Oh, boy. Six messages. My God. Which one are you? Oh, laugh, laugh. Could you either laugh at Lee Bostick Jr.? No. Leo Max? No. Lee Bostick? No. Dude, nobody. Literally, and if you went to the request, that means we're not boys and I'm not going to click shit. Nope. You're not there, buddy. Sorry, buddy. You're not there. I don't see you. In the general tabs, there's nothing there. I see nothing. I see absolutely nothing. So sorry. I'll look at it later. But yeah, no, San Francisco's a shithole. If you live anywhere in California, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I tied my 50, T56 lockout to the brake pedal torque drum for the win. I'm just waiting for the ESS kit to drop. That would be next. Right. The S197 ESS kit is the next one that people are going to be looking out for. Um, I think, I don't know if they'll do well with the S197 market because it's like introducing something something for the Fox body. Imagine a new, brand new supercharger comes out for a Fox body. Like, no one's really going to care. You know what I'm saying? I wish PBH had a solution for the ESS kit on their speed drive Coyote swaps. It is not that popular for swaps yet. The biggest popular items are the Whipple, uh, Vortec, and E-Force. So, and the Roush. The Roush supercharger, believe it or not, the E-Force, and what happened? Oh, okay. That's okay. No, you're fine. I'm almost done. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're gonna come out with that unless there's a huge ESS swap market. And to be honest with you, ESS probably should do that. Hey, ESS, you probably want to start looking into the swap market. That blower is so light, so well configured. The loud heritage gear set, whatever the hell you got going on, just sounds so good. I would install an ESS kit like in my Fox body. Absolutely, instead of a Vortec something. But again, that is a weird market to get into to dedicate a lot of R&D into. Don't worry, Jerry. I'll look at it after the show. I'm, I'm in the middle of the show, man. What do you want me to do? We could have been together, exactly. Not the ESS for the F-150. Right, that thing hasn't still come out. Oh, the ESS for the F-150? I have no idea. Look, I'm out of that loop. And I don't think I'm going to be back in the loop because if, if, I, if I buy another Mustang, it's going to have twin turbos in it. I've already had, I've already had a Mustang with a TVS, a E-Force, Centrifugal, now it's time to do twin turbo shit if I get into that bullshit. Sucks, you're not in this week. Tried to schedule a dyno session so we could fix my fuel pressure and I'm all... Jared, just... Jared, the other tuners will handle it. This, this putting shit off until I get back doesn't work. Fuck that. When motherfuckers are gone on vacation, I take over their work and we finish shit. So if they're saying, whiff rose to get... Fuck that. Get your shit done. Because I'm off. So I, I shouldn't have... 50 to 60 tickets waiting for me when I get back on Monday. That's not how shit works. There should be zero. Because when those motherfuckers go on vacation, we take over. And their shit ends up at zero. Fuck all that. Fuck that shit. They're waiting. No need to wait. Go ahead and uh, tell them to get your shit done. Fuck that. Curious if they even hit the SX50 barring tuning ability. We'll see. So, Alex, what would you recommend on the control pass? <sighs> Alex, what do you recommend to control a 6 or 80 or 10 already behind something? The Coyote ECU probably won't control like a twin turbo EFI big block. Can I just, can I quit him? Can I just quit him? Can I just quit him forever? Like he's just asking the stupidest shit. I've, I've covered this 
probably 800 times. Oh my God. Yeah, ESS Foxbody would be, yeah, Lund is Lund. Lund is Borg. Just, just do it. Don't wait for me. Nobody wait for me. Everyone put in tickets. Brandon Dakota and Junior got it. Fuck, I'm off, man. I'm like the only guy that doesn't take vacation out of that motherfucker. Fuck that, you know? All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Congratulations to, I forget who the fuck it was. He's got to email me. <laughs> I think it was Carlos Ortega that won the ESS, I'm sorry, the uh, PMAS $350 um, voucher. So you can get a PMAS Fenderwell or you can get a um, parts that are as much as uh, uh, the, what the voucher is good for. So I'm going to be back on Thursday, even though I'm on vacation. I'm still doing shows because... This is the part-time hustle, trying to grow this motherfucker. And uh, we'll be back on and talking some shit for a little bit on Thursday on YDBT Daily. All right, guys, have a good rest of your night. I'll see the rest of you, depending on if I drop a video tomorrow or not. If I got if I get froggy, I might drop one. If not, I'll see you Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Have a good one, guys. See you guys later. Bye.